And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100% and on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Hey everyone, this is weighing in with Big John McCarthy and my man, Josh the Pong Thompson. This is episode 56 of our show, which you can subscribe to on YouTube, Spotify, Google Play. Stitcher, all these other things. What am I missing, Josh? Come on, there's got to be something. YouTube? Oh, I said YouTube. I said YouTube. Damn it. All right, but one of the things I wanted to get out before we really start is, no, I am not high. And no, I am not drunk, okay? (laughs) I am. My last show, I was at 3 o'clock in the morning. This one, we're getting started, man. It's only like 12.45 here, so this is awesome. Okay, this is nice. And I, I, I'm awake, but no, I don't do drugs. No, I am not high. And yes, I do drink, but yeah. I never drink when I do a show. So sorry. Well, well, John, um, I was drinking that day, so I can understand why people maybe thought oh, okay, I was drunk. Go. So it was you. I, so, do, I do know that I was like sleeping. You know, I yeah. But, I, I just think it just comes at different times. Like, you know, there's times where both of us look exhausted and tired and from putting up with Podcast Dave. Well, it's Podcast <laughs> Dave's job to make us look better. He's putting us in these positions where we look normal and shitty. <laughs> <laughs> it's just what I, the way I am. Well, let's uh, let's jump right into it, man. I, I, the, the one thing we should talk about right away is Glover Teixeira. Oh, oh man. my gosh. Dominant hey. performance tonight against Anthony Smith absolutely dominant performance uh it wasn't going his way in the first round he made some quick adjustments second round turned it on you know what and and this is what sometimes people don't get you're gonna have those fights you had them where you know goddamn going in i know i've got to weather the storm i've got to get through this first round this guy is explosive he's athletic and he's dynamic and you know what? I'm probably going to lose this first round. That's okay. I just need to make him work and set up little things that are going to build me into the second round. And that's what Glover did. He took some big shots. He took some hard shots. But damn, you got to love the head movement of Glover. You got to love at the age of 40, all of that movement, everything he's doing. And man, when he sets his feet, he can still swat, man. He's He's got freaking power in his hands. And I was really impressed with Anthony when you know Glover was trying. He loves the arm triangle. He was trying mm-hmm. to set up the arm triangle a couple of times. Anthony was you know, on on the on his back. He did good, but it was fatigue that started to get to Anthony Smith. The one punch it hurt him, but fatigue was the thing that he couldn't stop. And he was that output that Anthony was you know having in that first round, dude. He was throwing a lot of shots, a lot of kicks. There was a lot of output coming from him, and I think it was a little too much. It, it, it gassed him a little. Yeah. How much of the commentary did you listen to? Not much. Okay, so the commentary with DC, and DC, I don't like to give him a lot of props because he's already got a big enough head. He's one of my closest friends, and I just like to give him a hard time. Well, he needs a big head because it's going with the rest <laughs> of his body now because he is definitely fitting the role of the heavyweight. Yeah, he can barely fit into his fitted, fitted suits and shirts now. Look, he had some I, he had some good commentary tonight, and I think a lot of it had to do with the, the corner of uh, Anthony Smith. 
They were barking orders and they never stopped. And as a corner, when you're doing that and your fighters normally pays attention, look, I know the fighter dictates what goes on in that cage. And if they want to do it, they're going to do it. But if they were on go, it was there was never a moment where the corner had stopped talking. You could hear them the whole time. And he's like, hey, push kick, long jab, push kick, long jab. You know, they just kept going and going. And well, he, he was following with that and because that's was. what I was seeing, man. And he had a lot of success in that first round. He even had some success in the beginning of the second round. But you could tell that he started slowing down a little bit, and he also didn't like the pressure of of Clover to share it. When Clover had pushed him his back to the fence, that's when it was started progressively going downhill. And yeah. once his back was the fence – he tried doing the push kick and he his back was leaning back his he was leaning back into the fence his hands were not up when he was doing it that was opening up his chin not that he got hit a whole lot clean in that position but it opened up other things right from there so when you push kick and lean back and put your back against the fence chin's in the air even if he doesn't land anything to the head he comes right down low to the body and Glover does some good body work and that good uppercut and that's what kind of was the ultimate downfall later like as the fight was progressing he was just staying tighter with his defense. Glover was. He was fighting composed and relaxed. And the sign, and not that uh, Kraus is not a good corner. The sign to me of a good corner is they're not barking orders all the time. They're barking orders of when they need something to be done. Hey, you're so doing. You're, you're saying that James Kraus is barking out because I saw James in his corner, but Greg Montoya was the guy that I saw going to. Uh, well, Kraus was in the corner. The Kraus was the one in the corner. It sounded like him doing all the, the okay. what DC was saying as well was he was the one continuously barking orders out of. That's normally like, look, if you're in, a, I guess I was always told this is, especially when we're as an analyst and we're cage side calling a fight. If you're always at an eleven, when something exciting happens, yeah, there's nowhere to there's go. nowhere to go. And if you're always at an eleven when you're cornering your guy they don't understand what the sense of urgency is so like hey hey i need you to get out of there i need you to get out of there that means that you're in a lot of trouble when i'm yelling at you like that yeah but otherwise keep doing what you're doing okay sticking the jab great job silence for a while let him do his work okay yep. and then get back to okay let's Gotta let him be let's start maybe working on the leg kicks after the jab let's start setting other things up Signs of a good corner is not when you're continuously giving your guys things to think about. Sure, in their mind, like, hey, keep the jab going. Cool, keep the right hand going. Good. I just, I think that had a little bit of potential of the downfall. I think a lot of it also is no crowd, which means you can hear crystal clear what your corner is saying. And if they're at 11 the whole time and you're pushing the action and it just showed as the round went on at the end of the second round, he hit us. He just hit a little bit of a, a stump right there. Just it just slowed yeah. his his pace slowed down, and Glover was already relaxed and composed, and was able to push the pace and was able to put his back to the fence, and then that's where he did his work. Just true experience from someone like Glover, man. You could talk about his age. He just fought a very nice, calm, composed fight, and looked phenomenal as the fight carried on. And the last place you want to be with that guy is on the bottom of him. Ugh. I'm sorry, but his his like you said, his side choker arm triangle is phenomenal. His top position, and you can tell he's got heavy hips when he gets down on top of you and he likes to put the hooks in, you're carrying all of his weight. And I think the signs of Anthony Smith, and I've seen the signs of a lot of guys that are in the upper echelon, they haven't quite found out the times when you should rest. Anthony Smith rested in a lot of very bad opportunity, like very bad times. Okay. And in, in positions where there was really nowhere to go, those are not positions that you rest in. Those are positions that you try to continuously try to get up and try to get to at least a little bit better of a position. And I know, I know he was hurt, injured, rocked. He got hit, you know, with some clean shots. 
but those are things in your corner. Hey, you got to get to a position where you're not able to take as much damage. Being on your hands and knees and, and on all fours, that is not a good position. Not at all. You need to focus to get into a side, side control, focus to getting back to a guard position, something where you have a little bit of offense. You have no offense from that position. And I didn't really see any of that effort. He took a lot of shots in the position he didn't need to. Oh, come on. I thought Anthony won the first two rounds. That yeah. third round... Easy 10-8. In fact, John Anik, I heard, called it a 10-8. But a lot of people were saying, you know, that might be a 10-7 because it was Ooh. getting close to it. It was yeah. an overwhelming round. He took a ton of damage. There was multiple shots, multiple knockdowns. It was getting close if it wasn't. So 10-8 there and 10-8 again in the next round. Fourth, I was kind of surprised as you look at the end of the fight, you know, going into the fifth. Man, it's the corner. You got to look at your uh, guy. And I was going to ask you, you gotta, that. You, you got to look at body language. You got to look at what he's saying. You got to look at his demeanor. Is he looking at you in the eyes? I always look for fighters when they, if they sit on the stool and their cornerman was in front and they just had their ass handed to him in a fight. I always look to see where does the fighter's eyes go? Yeah. Because when a fighter's still engaged in the fight, he looks for his trainer and he looks at his trainer or she looks at her trainer. When a fighter has decided, I just don't have it tonight. I'm just not, I can't, I can't beat this person. They start to take their eyes and they start to look down. They start to look at a place that it's not going to do them any good, but you can tell that their mind is getting disconnected from what's going on. And, you know, you're looking at that and it's, Sometimes you got to save a guy from himself. Anthony's not going to quit. You know, and we, sometimes we say, you know, sometimes you have to save the fighter, not from their opponent, but from themselves. Yep. And even as the corner, you got to look and say, is it worth me putting my guy back out there? Do, do they really, from what I've seen, have a chance of pulling this fight back, of getting it back, of winning? And you got to look at it from what I was seeing after those last two rounds. Anthony was done going into that fifth round. Yeah, I saw I saw at the end of the second, Glover was able to land some clean shots. I didn't give him that round, so you're right. Nope. I had Glover losing the first two rounds. But he had landed in the last 30 seconds or the last minute of that second round. Some he had landed shots. some good shots. You saw that Anthony was already getting a little tired. And then yep. the third round is when it just basically escalated and he took over. But I want to go back to the Tony Ferguson and Justin Gaethje fight. You had gave a good breakdown. That was Saturday. Yeah, so, you're right. So long ago. You're right. What are you talking about? <laughs> but you gave a great breakdown on things you look for when you go to stop a fight. Now, as a corner, I think those are things that are very similar. The things that you said. Exact is he, same. Thing. Is he mounting any offense? Is he like? Is he able to do anything? Is he able to get a takedown? Is he able to get a keep impressive defense? Is he able to control the the pace of the fight? All those things. As a ref, you're looking for. As a corner, you should be looking for those similar things. Absolutely. Now, I know that like with my corner with Bob Cook, Javier Mendez, Bob would always give it to me straight. Hey, like in the beginning of the fifth round with Gilbert Melendez, you need to go out there and knock him out and get it done. And you got to go out there and get it done. Like you're going to lose your title if this happens. And, you know, I went out there and did my best. Didn't work. With Anthony, I feel like, and I've heard Bob say this several times, is I'm going to give you one or two minutes. Not He didn't say it to me, but I'm going to give you one minute in the end of the, in this round. After you just got starched you know, in the second round, I'm going to give you one minute to stick and move, stick and move. After that minute, I'm going to give you another probably minute if you're still doing well 
to try and get the finish or try and mount an offense. If you're not doing that, I'm stopping the fight. I understand corners giving their fighter an opportunity. Sure. You know, and I understand, you know, let them go ahead and go out there. But you could see, like you said with Tony Ferguson, when uh, when the ref stopped that fight, this this was a fight where you saw the same thing. Anthony Smith just had nothing left in the tank. He wasn't mounting any offense. He wasn't he wasn't able to do he wasn't able to get takedowns. He was taking clean shots. He was backing out with his hands up or hands down, his chin up. Those are not signs of someone that's gonna keep this fight going. You know, and it just didn't have any snap really on his punch or kick or anything along those lines. I just I I was actually thinking the same exact thing. I'm surprised the corner didn't stop the fight between rounds four and five. Yeah, I would have guaranteed if that was reversed, if Glover had won the first two rounds. And then had taken the beating that Anthony took in the next two rounds, knowing his corner, John Hackman. John Hackman would have stopped it. He'd have stopped the fight. Hundred percent. I've seen I've seen Hack do it. No I've, doubt about I've it. I've seen Hack do it. I've that's one it. of the reasons I that's one of the reasons I love Hack. Yep. He's always there. He does not care. I'm here to take care of my guy. I know my guy better than any. And that's the truth, and he would be there to take care of him. And that's, I'm, not, I'm not saying anything bad about Greg Montoya. Nope. He's a great trainer, great coach, and I've been in situations with him where he has absolutely taken care of his people. It's one of those tough calls when you're, especially when you have a guy that, like Anthony, he's not only training with you. He's going other places and training with other guys, and those guys are in the corner. It just becomes that, uh, who's going to make that call? You know, I don't want if I make the call, is he going to then just go over here? It puts the puts the trainer in a weird position, a position that they'll eventually not do something that maybe they should. Well, that's another reason why fighters, when you do when you do train like that, like with GSP, he has Faraz Sahabi. He makes whatever, even though he went and trained with John Danner, even though he went and trained other wrestling places. Other, there's only one coach. You need, as a fighter, you need to make sure that it's very it's. It's very important that they that that one coach understands whatever you do, whatever you call, I'm in. You know, and, and you believe in them. And you believe whatever in them. they say. If they tell you to go, you go. If they tell you you're done, yep. turn it off. I was blessed enough. That's I had over. two of them. The two of them always talked enough, and they worked well together, Bob and Javier. And it was like, hey, if they couldn't get to me, they would switch between rounds. I'm going to go in the cage this time. And then they would talk to me like, hey, you got to get this done and see if it worked. And if it didn't work, then you know you had you just got had to switch had to switch corners. They, I just, I agree. There was a lot of things that we think could have been done. I just feel like in him, he, what is he, 31, I think, Anthony Smith? No, Anthony's he's older thir- than that. No, I think What's he's 31. He's I think 32. Were, okay. They were talking about he was 31. He's right there. Okay. So that being said, he's got still plenty of time in his prime. This is oh, one yeah. of those fights where he fought, literally fought a seasoned veteran, like one of the, one of the best in the game. <clears throat> Been around for a long time, fought the who's who. It just showed the fight IQ was there. He just bided his time, focus, yep. patient, defensive, just pushed the pace slowly, progressively, just kept walking him down, walking him down, touching him, touching him. And then eventually it led into some big shots and he was able to run away with the fight. Good fight. I, I would have liked, I'm just glad he didn't get knocked out to the point where it was one of those like face down, ass up. And because yeah. those type those type of knockouts could change your career. They so, alter your career. Yes. You know, you know, and Anthony's the guy, if you look, I think Anthony in his first, you know, I refereed, I, I refereed Anthony when he fought Hodger Gracie and, uh, you know, I've been around Anthony a lot and he's just a good person, good mm-hmm. guy, but his first 10, 11 fights, 
he was you know a 500 fighter yeah. you know but he may have had 10 win you know five wins and five losses so a lot of his early career he was learning and he was taking fights that he pro- possibly shouldn't have taken back then against guys that he maybe was not ready for but you know his run in the UFC has been very impressive. Yeah, they said he was. He's had, he's had some great fights. They said and he he's got 18, a lot left in the tank. He was eighteen and eleven for a while, and then okay. after yeah, he, he was possible. eighteen and eleven, and then he ran off like on another little. Yeah, he ended up winning like 18, 18 more fights or something. Like that. Now he's thirty something in twelve or fifteen. What is he? Thirty three and fifteen. Thirty three and fifteen. That's pretty okay. impressive, but I think they were saying yeah. when he was in the UFC when he first came in, he was eighteen and eleven. Now he's thirty three and fifteen. That's pretty fucking good, you know. Yeah. I mean, especially when you're when you're in the UFC, you're fighting, you know, top guys. You're fighting the who's who. It, it's it says a lot about him and his character. This is one of those learning curves. I mean, he's gonna have to learn how to fight at a pace. You can't always be going at one hundred and ten miles an hour. You know, there's got to be. I've said this for years about Michael Chandler. He's good. There's no doubt he's good. But he just uh, he has the go 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 pace, and it shows yeah. as he fights on, you know. And I think Anthony tonight did that, and it worked against him. I, th- uh, I think part I think part of it was Anthony decided that he was going to get rid of Glover. Yeah, he was gonna he was gonna put him away in the first round, maybe second round, and get rid of him. And he was doing everything he could, you know, to make that happen. It's just when that guy doesn't go away, yeah, you got to be there for the next round. And when you are tired. Changes the fight completely, but yeah. fantastic performance by Teixeira. I mean, I love Glover. He's a great, great human being, and he just showed exactly what you're saying, that fight IQ and the way that he went about that fight, knowing, yeah, I'm going to have to put up with some abuse here in the beginning, and I'm going to have to to ride ride this out for a while. I'm going to swim in some deep waters while this guy is pounding on me. I just need to keep myself safe. He did all that, and then when it was his turn, he just just kept that foot on the pedal and just yeah. put a whooping on a very good fighter in Anthony yeah. Smith. All right, so what was your take on the uh, Ben Rothwell and Ovis St. Preux? <sighs> you know, I, I'm watching it and I'm going, <laughs> yeah, it's about what I thought. You know, Ben is a giant zombie. Mm-hmm. He just keeps coming forward. And I, and I knew that, you know, OSP is, he's just a good athlete, but Carrying the extra weight was what, what my concern was because when you're not used to carrying the weight and you're being pushed against, yeah. you know, a big fighter that's, you know, trying to push that pace, which Ben always tries to push the pace. He always comes forward. You don't see guys back and Ben off until he gets hurt. And knowing that OSP was going to be having that weight against a guy that was going to be pushing that pace and making him, you know, have to back up, which is takes more energy than going forward. It was my real concern was, is he going to have enough gas left? No, he made it through the fight. and But there were times when he looked exhausted. You know, if he had energy, you know, if he wasn't so tired, if he wasn't, you know, redlining in the RPMs as far as his, his heart rate, he had some moments where he was touching Ben and he was hurting Ben. You know, he was getting those shots in. But, you know, it shows that he can fight as a heavyweight. There's no doubt about it. It's just that he's got to get used to carrying that weight and not giving so much ground and moving so much that it's going to start to exhaust him, especially when the guy then puts his weight on him. Because Ben is good at pushing you into the cage, using his head, you know, for position, using it like a third arm. And all of that starts to drain that gas tank. 
Yeah. You know, o- OSP used to fight in strike force, then with the UFC. Yeah. Here's the thing. He hasn't gotten any better since he first started fighting. He's he's always been talented. He's always been athletic. He's, athletic. he's always been yeah. good. Like in turn, he's he, but he hasn't got better. His defense hasn't got better. His striking really hasn't gotten a whole lot better. Maybe a tiny bit. Um, I didn't really see. We didn't see really a whole lot of grappling his left, from his left kick. Is has always been good. It's always been good. <laughs> it's fast and hard, dude. The other thing as well is that he's never had a ton of output. Never. He's always been a fighter that kind of seems like he waits to turn it on at the end of the fight, whenever or uh, certain opportunities, but usually towards the end of the round to maybe try and steal the round. But when he throws, he lands. I didn't get it. I didn't get it. Like if he would have fought the first two rounds with a little bit more of an output, like he did in the third, I think he could have maybe got Ben out of there, or at least yeah. at least maybe dominated more of the position and make Ben respect him a little bit more. And I know Ben just walks forward like a zombie, like you were talking about. But you get a guy like him with the speed, the reach, the range that that OSP has. He throws a beautiful straight uh, left hand. Straight left look, hand. Yeah. yeah, beautiful straight left hand. But there's not a whole lot of follow-up. And when he backs away and misses, chin's in the air, hands are reaching out. Those are not signs of, of someone that really is picking up the fighting. I don't mean like, I just, I don't, I haven't seen any improvements from him. I think if you're just going to keep fighting, you're going to keep fighting. But at, at the rate that he's going right now with that those type of progressions, I don't. I mean, I don't see where you're going to go. You're not going to be champion. You're really just fighting to make money, and I get it. But I wanted to talk to you about the the scorecard. How'd you have it? Did you have it thirty twenty seven, or did you have it twenty nine twenty eight? No, I had a twenty nine twenty eight twenty eight for Rothwell. Okay, but it was. Yeah. It, but you didn't have I, it for OSP. No, Sal D'Amato, I think was the judge that had it for OSP. I think the other, obviously, the other two had it for Rothwell. That's yeah. why he got the split decision, but. I don't agree. Yeah. With the fact you know, that OSP won that fight. He did not win that fight. No. You know, there was a couple moments, like I said, you yep. know, he touched Rothwell. I thought the last one he was more off balance yeah. when, he, when he went yeah. after him and stuff because they were just tired and off balance. But, you know, there was some moments he could have, like you're saying, moments that were there was opportunities for him to score. And he was trying to gain so much air that he's not throwing because I'm tired, you know. You got to get used to carrying that weight if you're going to be a heavyweight. Yeah. Yeah, very true. I mean, he's saying that this is pretty much like he's going to go back down uh, to 205. I I wanted to ask you this, though. There was a couple fighters. uh, Mowgli Benitez tonight fought also. He fought up at 55. Damn, he looked good. He fought at 55, but this was only for one fight. And he fought... And, he, and then OSP fought His a heavyweight. His did not look good. No. Look, <laughs> it was like a big vagina on his shit. It was, it was a big vagina, man. It was a large one on and the they, of that shit. They stuck it's that little, they stuck the tampon in there to show how oh, deep yeah, it was. Dude. And I was like, oh, no, this isn't good, man. This is, yeah, I can see good. the memes going around now. Oh, <laughs> trust me, it's going to come up somewhere. But I'll tell you what, you know, his opponent just, what do I want to say, Morales from Venezuela? Yeah. Man, he looked good. He had some sharp striking. That yes, was a did. good fight. It's a great. That was fight. a really, really competitive fight where there yeah. was just little differences in that. The judges got it right. They gave it to the right guy. But Benitez fought a tough fight because. But tell him to cut his damn hair. 
I don't know. You know, what the hell, dude? What is with you guys at AK and your long hair? No idea. I have no idea. Go ahead and show me. I'll show you. I'll show you. I'll show you. My barber got it. My barber's back at work, baby. Uh, All right, baby. That's right. I'm out there breaking the laws now. (laughs) Breaking the laws. Breaking the laws. Um, When you see a guy keep on having a move, it's like, what are you doing, man? That's so funny. I mean, I used to tell Clay Guida, hey. Man, your your hair, the the judges, they're seeing it just rock back and forth. And even when you're not hit, they're thinking you did. He goes, John, it's my trademark. Can't do anything about it. <laughs> okay. It's funny you say that because um, I always thought kind of the same thing. I was like, oh, God, how come they don't cut it, this and that? But then I understand now, sometimes when they're used to training with it and they're used to fighting with it, it kind of works for them. Because when I fought Can. when I fought Henderson, I went for a couple chokes and my gloves got stuck in his hair. And I just couldn't, I had to pull it out and go back in. And I, I regret to this day of not making him braid his hair. I regret to this day. There was moments where I felt like I could have had the choke and it wasn't there. And with Clay, I mean, I could see that being, I could see it being working for him. I mean, with Mowgli, it wasn't, it's not as long as Ben's and, no. and Clay. Can you request the braid hair? Yes. You, if you request it, they have to do it. Correct? I'm like, no. I was told Negative. that if you if you make a complaint to the commission about that, that the commission. As long as, as long as the hair is tied back doesn't have to be braided. Even when it it comes untied all the time. That is yeah, there are no sense. shit. That especially Benson's. Any, yeah, especially. That, that doesn't make any sense. Right? Yeah. Dude, Anyways. okay, there, there there used to be things in, in the rules about beards. Oh, yeah. Must be clean shaven. It's like, yeah, well, that where did that one go? Yeah. You know? Well, boxing has that rule. Tell, but yeah, but you you can't tell somebody, hey, you have to you have to shave your beard. some people have you know religions that it's part of their religion and stuff so now you're going against the you can't this can is a free clean. country it can be clean the beard can be clean but it says clean shaven oh oh there's no, a no. difference that's a, that yes. is a difference i thought you meant like it just need to be cleaned up no um all right i don't know how we got on that little tangent right there but that was something we did uh okay so uh, what what fight were we talking about osp and Oh, we were talking about Mowgli. Mowgli looked, I thought he looked phenomenal as well. That was one of those fights that I felt like should have been on the main Good card. Um, Good fight. The other fight to me that was probably the most impressive was the Dober and Hernandez fight. Drew Dober, baby. Jeez, man. Drew Dober looked good. He's a fucking animal, that young guy. He, He's they, they, he, That dude's got some thick-ass legs and heavy kicks, man. He is looking. He has gotten so much better. You talk about guys improving. You say OSP has not improved. Drew Dober has improved so much in his overall game and the way he is just attacking people. Because, you know, I'll give Alex Hernandez is tough. He is athletic. He's fast. He's a problem because he moves a lot. He doesn't stay in one spot. You got to be able to, you know, cut him off. Drew Dober was doing everything, just systematically breaking everything down. And when Hernandez would take him down, popping himself back to his feet, Beautiful job overall. Just outstanding performance. And again, a very good stop by Herb Dean. Yes. On a fighter that had given up. He was hurt, didn't really know where he's at. He's starting to turn. Get him out of there. Don't let him, don't let that final nail in the coffin where he is, as you say, face down, ass up. You don't need that. Yeah, I was I was actually expecting him to stop it a tiny bit sooner because you would tell he was just wasn't yep. in it. He was turning yeah. away. He was trying to, he really just wasn't there. I was expecting the stoppage a tiny bit earlier, but not by much. I understand why he wouldn't let it go a little bit longer. What I was going to say was 
you have OSP that went up to heavyweight and you had Mowgli that went up. Are What do you think these guys are going up and wait for? Is it because they didn't want to cut weight because they didn't really have a, a long camp? Or is it because the UFC said, hey, we have a fight for you, but you have to fight at 155. And if you don't fight, we can extend your contract for a little bit longer. Because that's what happens when you turn a fight down. So guys yeah. are probably getting closer to the end of their contracts. And they said, hey, I have a fight for you, but it's at 155. Or I have a fight for you, and it's at heavyweight. Take it. And if you don't, then we extend your contract for four to six months. Yeah, I always look at it, though, as the promotion. If you if you offer a guy that normally fights, like Benitez, mm-hmm. fights at 145. I'm going to offer you this fight at 155. You lose the fight. I never it it never seems to me that promotions look down or look badly upon that fighter when they lost a fight in a weight class that's not their weight class unless yeah. they're going down. When they try to go down, kind of counts against them. If they're trying to go up and they they go up because you say I have a fight for you, but it's going to be at 155, not 145 doesn't seem like it ever is a, is looked or frowned upon by the promotion. It shouldn't be. I don't think it should no, be. No, it shouldn't. It no. shouldn't. I was just wondering if you if you had heard anything on the backside I of why these guys were fighting at weight classes they don't normally fight at. Is it because they just wanted to get paid and make money? Or their contract was coming up and they offered them the fight and they were told to be extended? Whatever reasons. I just I was wondering because those are the things that go through my mind. Like, why is this guy fighting? I train with Mowgli. And I was yeah. like, why are you fighting 55? What the fuck? So... I mean, I do know he cuts a lot of weight. So 55 probably was a lot better for him, to be honest. But but he's, he fought but, well there. Yeah, he did. He did. I, he, you know, it's a huge weight cut for him. Realistically, I mean, he probably walks around about 72, 75, somewhere in there, which is what I walk around at 55. So for him to get down to, you know, to 45 is fucking just nasty. Just nasty. I mean, he's good, though. Like, I mean, he's so fast. And did you see his shin was so disgusting. That was beautiful. The only that was con- a good looking shit. The only concern I have with that is that that's one of his biggest weapons. And if you look at Luke Rockhold, Luke Rockhold, his game started to change after he fought Yoel Romero because that he'd thrown a couple leg kicks. Yoel had checked and it split his shin open to the point where Luke had never having skin grafts. He's had yeah. stitches. He had skin graft. Skin grafts. He's, um, you know, and now every time he kicks and every time he he connects perfectly on that same spot, it splits back open and bleeds. That's one. And two is. It ends up looking like a softball. As soon as he makes contact with that area, it swells back up, and it's pretty much not use. It's not usable anymore. So when you have something like that with Luke, and now you have Mowgli, who that's one of their biggest weapons is that back leg kick, lack that back body kick, back head, all those things, and so fast and so good from both of those guys. I mean, ah, oh, that's it's one of those biggest weapons. Like you just can't get rid of. You can't afford to lose. Changes the way you fight. It can, but, you know, he's going to have to start to be a little more selective in how many times he's throwing it out yeah. when a guy is checking. And you've got to set that kick up so the guy can't check. Yep. You Very know, true. That's, that's just part of the fight. Yep. Start setting up that left hook more to get them to cover and then throwing it right yep. after. Or possibly, exactly. throwing, yeah, possibly throwing them at the same time. That Most people don't do that. They usually throw it and then come back and then throw the kick. Gives the guy yep. enough time to check in defense. True, true. Um, what other fights were you impressed with? I, Man, you know, Andre Arlovsky came out. He fought against uh, Philippe Linz, who yeah, Philippe, Philippe used to fight in Bellator. Then he went to the PFL, and he won the PFL's uh, heavyweight championship. Mm-hmm. But now he's in the UFC. But 
uh, I'll give, I, I don't know what Andre's doing with his footwork. He kept going to Southpaw mm -hmm. and he, so he can throw, he, he likes throwing his left, left kick, you know, from a Southpaw stance. But every time he would come forward to throw, he'd take this giant step forward and end up in an orthodox position throwing his hands. And it was awkward. And it, it, he looked uncomfortable being as a Southpaw. He looked comfortable when he was in an orthodox stance. Yeah. But every time that he would go into the Southpaw stance, he just didn't look, he, he didn't, he couldn't throw his hands hmm. from a Southpaw position. Couldn't, couldn't throw his hands correctly. And he would always have to switch himself to go into an orthodox stance to be able to throw his hands. It was really weird. Yeah. So I went through a phase where the switching thing became one of my, one of my things that I would do. And it was because when I fought, when I fought uh Gil, I realized that he, when guys switched Southpaw on him, he kind of backed away. And when you have someone who puts as much pressure on you as like someone like a Gilbert Melendez, I would do anything I could when I needed to rest, I'd switch. And every time I'd switch, he'd take a couple steps back. Okay, let me see what he's going to do. But then also, if you're going to do that, you need to have a set group of combinations that you, yes. that you throw. So as soon exactly. as you switch, go right into your... You know, I I would throw a little right hook straight left with a head with a body kick or head kick, or I would go right to inside leg kick to come back with a straight left, and I would just end up right off of that. I'd try to grab you, or I'd circle out, going back to my normal stance. I had a setup. I had just a, a handful of combinations that I loved to throw from that position. From when I switched to southpaw, then I went back to my normal stance because I did everything from that position normally. So what you did is you made them think, but it was always the same in a three round fight or in a five round fight. You sure you switched a lot, but you didn't. I didn't always throw a lot from that position. I'd switch, get them to back away, or see what they would do, and then I'd switch back and then throw my combination, you know, um, or throw the push kick to kind of keep the jab like a long range jab. I just I saw I saw a little bit of what you saw the hesitation, like the the coming back, and then just look awkward. It didn't look like he was comfortable being in that position. No, when that happens, you've got to set you got to set up a couple things that you're comfortable doing so you can throw them out there when you need. And also, too, the biggest thing is your defense from that position is making sure that no matter where you when you switch, then when people throw at you, that your defense is on par for that position from when you switch southpaw. Because remember, everything's backwards. If you're normally conventional and you switch to southpaw and things come, you dip right into the power. And that's oh, not yeah. a that's not a good thing. Or you dip the wrong way when they're doing things, and that's that's not what you want to be. Those aren't the positions you want to be in. So you got to make sure that you you kind of know what like where your defense is, and that when you switch, you make sure that it stays up in those proper positions because that can get you in a lot of trouble. That's why I never hung out there very often. <laughs> I threw my shit, and got out, you know. And those those are things. There's learning curves to it, but try not to do it in a fight against someone who's really good. Yeah, you know. Yeah, there was there was. Uh, the, the very first fight of the night, you know, Chase Sherman, who was, you know, with USC, then he got cut and he, they brought him back on short notice. God damn, he looked good, though. He looked so much more comfortable. Now, he was fighting a guy that I thought was not truly ready to be there. Tough guy, just skill-wise, was just a little bit lacking. But damn, the Vanilla Gorilla, I always love that name. Just, he looked good man that was that was one of the best performances i ever saw and chase has had some wars where he's had these great fights but he takes way too much damage yeah. and this one he was smart didn't take all the damage he had his opportunities came in hit to the body beautifully a, you know a lot of good body shots and boy you want to talk about body shots 
Ray Borg against oh. Ricky Simone. Simone. My God. Yeah. Dude, Borg, especially in the third round, he went to the body so many times well. I Ricky has definitely got a serious core because yes. he got hit with some big shots and he kept coming to you know back. What what a beautiful demonstration of technique and how to land a body shot correctly. That was a really good fight. I enjoyed that. One. How'd you score that fight? I I had Ricky win it. I had Ricky win in 29-28. Okay. I, I gave one round to Borg. I'm trying to remember. I think it was the third round. Yeah. And he had lost the first and the second, but I think he won the third one. But you know, Ricky had those two rounds. Borg had to get rid of him. Good good Borg. fight though. Very good fight. Oh, very, very, really uh, good fight. very active. Very, very right in front of each other. Very competitive. I liked everything about it. Very good fight. Ricky just seemed a little bit too big, too strong, as far as when he got his hands on Borg. And mm. Borg's a really good grappler. He was able to pick him up and put him down and put weight on him and make him have to be on his back longer than he wanted to be. Got it. But on the feet, Borg's hands look good, man. He was fast, sharp. And those body shots, my hat's off to him. Those were yeah, beautiful. Nicely done. Nicely done. <clears throat> um, what what else? What else? What do we what what else is there to talk about? Well, there's a card this Saturday. Yeah, there's a card Saturday. We can let's do that card later. But there was a little bit of stuff on the buzz in the news. What was the, some of the buzz in the <laughs> I know what you want to talk about. Which what do you want to talk about? Not me. It's what you wanted to what talk did I, about. What did I, I actually... You wanted to talk CTE about... CTE kicked in and I forgot, to be honest. <laughs> Dom, Dom Cruz and all of his complaints about... No, Keith I wanted to know your opinion. I didn't Go want to... Go ahead. I, you know, I, I don't... Do I don't know? Here's the thing is, I don't know. I don't know. Did um, did the ref say anything to him social on social media? No. Okay. No. Someone is, I thought posted a comment from him, but yeah. obviously you well, can make you know, these Ch up. Chael, make actually, Chael actually came at me and said, Hey, is this legit? And it was, you know, a Twitter account with Keith yeah. Peterson. I go, no, that's not Keith. Okay. Okay. It's I think like, that's what I saw too, probably. It was yeah. a tweet back and forth. And he said something about, I was trying to stop the fight before you got more CTE, but obviously it yeah. didn't work. Something along those lines. Yeah. I was okay. like, wow, that's pretty ballsy for a ref. To be yeah, that's not it. Well, for that would be ballsy for a ref, but that's not the ref. Okay. So, so that's, that yeah, was, let, there's that, but let, then go ahead and talk to well, me about let, what. Let's talk about that. Okay. Let's because talk about it. Here's the thing. We talked about it a little bit. Was it a bad stoppage? No, it's not bad. Could it have been better? Yes. Okay, but Dominic got hit with a big knee. Yeah. Okay. He goes down and he is trying to 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 frame himself up so he can get try to get back to his feet. And he's taken a lot of shots. He takes 12 unanswered shots. So Keith Peterson is there to try to say, I'm trying to let you go. And I'm also here. I want to protect you when yeah. you can't protect yourself. And when you're not protecting yourself and you're taking those shots, it's, it's, it's that split second decision. Okay. That's it. I'm not gonna let you go anymore. And he makes it. And right then Dom's going to trying to get himself up. So I can understand why, you know, I can always understand why Dom is upset because most fighters are upset when you stop the fight. Because they feel like, oh, I could have gone more, especially in you know that position, you know, championship fight. But what Dom did by saying, oh, he smelled like cigarettes and alcohol. Ooh, okay, that I didn't read that. Not, well, first off, you know wh what you're saying 
you can't prove. Yeah. So you're making a bullshit statement. All right. Second, you're not only ripping that official, and he's he can't he can't defend against it. Yeah. All right. You're not only ripping that official, you're ripping every other official that's there. Because do you think that if Keith Peterson was drinking or smelled of alcohol, that Herb Dean would, wouldn't go to the commission and say, Hey, he's got a problem. We can't let him work. Yeah. You don't think Jason Herzog or Dan Merglotter or any of them would have gone. It, they all would have said, Hey, you're not working tonight because it's too important to all of those guys mm. that the job is done. Right. All right. So, when, when Dom makes this blanket statement, he's taking a very wide paintbrush and making very big strokes when there's no defense against what he's saying, even though what he's saying is a crock of shit. All right? Flat out. Keith Peterson doesn't drink. So if he, if he was smoking, which I've never seen him smoke, so is it possible that you know, he's had a cigarette? Okay. Then I know that Dom came out and said, oh, yeah, Jeremy Stevens said that he, he helped that guy get to his room because he was hammered. Oh. Is that true? No. But when Dom says it, what does it mean? He's, try, he's trying to create this thing like, I was, I was robbed. You weren't robbed. You had the opportunity to go in that cage and fight the champion you did. You were doing a great job against him, even though he was winning and he was landing big shots, but you got caught. Yeah. You got caught with a big knee and then you got caught by the shots and it's one guy's decision. It's his power to pull you out of the fight and that's what he did. And you know what? Be man enough to say, I don't agree with it. That's okay. I don't like it. That's okay. But don't start making false accusations. It's wrong. Yeah. There's no validity to what you're saying. Yeah, I feel like moments like that though can tarnish someone's legacy. You know, not 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 talking about the ref. I'm talking about Dom, someone who no, is very someone who's very well respected in the sport. And sadly, the casual fans and the and even fans that don't know uh, Keith, they're gonna just they they're gonna believe it. So now they're gonna just continue to look out for him or watch what he does when he's at hotels and whatever it is. And it's unfair. It's very unfair. And for I would never have guessed something like I would never have thought someone like Dom would say something like that or do something like that. But I mean, I understand though too. This was one of those fights he hadn't fought in what almost four years, three years, something like that. And there's a lot of emotions going through his mind. Sure there is. He's upset over the decision, which I, for me, I felt like the stoppage. It wasn't. It wasn't a bad stoppage, but like you said, no, it could have been better. It could, sure, could have. And sure. um, <clears throat> I would have like to have seen the fight go longer because it is Dominic Cruz. But all of those things being said, when you hear a champ, a former champion in a championship fight, say things like that about a referee, it, it tarnishes the legacy of him because it discredit, you're just discredit. You're, you're making up excuses and that Dom's never been that guy, no. you know? And that to me is an excuse that it just is very unfortunate because he doesn't need to. I still no, look at you as you're one of, like, one of the greatest fighters ever to to do it. One it's, of the greatest bantamweights yeah. there's ever been. And so it's sad, it's sad to see, but um, I understand the frustration on his part, on his part, on his part, on his, by, it, or on if his he part, farts, as he okay. farts, yeah, <laughs> um, on his part. 
No, I have not been drinking, and I'm definitely not high. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, Josh smells like alcohol and I cigarettes. Smell like alcohol and yeah, cigarettes. You, you smell like alcohol and cigarettes from here. I'm yeah, telling no. you right now. So, yeah, it's it's unfortunate because I hate to see. I hate. It's yeah, like now you're saying that he doesn't drink, and and I, I've never seen him smoke, and I've never seen him never drink seen him either. Smoke. So now, I I know that he 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 sings in a punk rock band. How's that? <laughs> so yeah. Know. Got he's that always froggy been a, voice, man. Yeah, he does have a froggy voice. Very he cool. does, man. That's why I used to call him Froggy. Remember, remember uh, our gang, little Froggy, Froggy. No, that's, that's a, Keith. What is that? A cartoon from like the twenties? Oh yeah, <laughs> it, it was a, a TV show, man. Oh, but uh, go ahead. What this, were you saying? You know, he's like this tall with a voice that is just like. Yeah, he's a great guy, though. He is a great guy. Nice. And guy. I've never ever seen him smoke, drink, any of that. And it's one of the things, Josh. Like, I never, and I always made it a. I would never, ever drink at a show before the show, even after the show when I was officiating. Now, I drink now with you every time after the show. Okay. <laughs> every time. But, you know, I've ga- you know, gained the COVID 15, but it's, it's 15 pounds. Every but, time. you know, as simple as it is, have you ever seen me drunk? No. No. I, w- I never, I would never drink to the point I get drunk. It's like, I'm not that guy. I'm not that guy. I'm not that child anymore. There, you know, there's no That's, point. To leave it. that up to me. Leave that up to me, buddy. Leave that up to me. <laughs> I went, I went like 20 years only being able to drink like a week after my fight and back to training. There you Jeez, go, man. So I'm making up for lost times. <laughs> um, yeah, it's unfortunate. I think it's unfortunate, but Hey, you know, things have been said now and hopefully they can, uh, meet and chat and talk about it eventually and get it worked out. Who knows? Hopefully they will. It sucks because Dom's got such a big name in the sport, not just that, but he's also so, he's so credible. You know, like he's always been credible. He's one of those guys that we talk about fight IQ. We talk about how smart he is as an athlete, how smart, yeah. how great he is as an analyst. And to hear something like that be said that's not true, it's unfortunate. Yeah. Um. What else? What were we talking? We were talking about. I wanted to bring up that you brought up. Was it you that texted, or was it you that texted something else today? Uh, the May the May twenty uh, May twenty third May twenty third card is canceled because no, Las Vegas is not going to be open yet. Is what they're saying yep. until okay. Yep. Khabib yep. stands in a coma apparently. Yes. Oh yeah. That that's that's a sad thing. That's. Yeah. I didn't know it was. I had, I had reached out to him. Uh, well, he had had he had had pneumonia recently. Yes, and I don't think he's been out of the hospital since. To be honest. Yeah, I had. Uh, I'd reached out to him and reply and, and sent him a message and he had sent me back. I'm good brother. And that was pretty much it. So I knew he was not good and that's it, man. It's so I don't know. That sucks because he is so close for those of you guys that don't know. Khabib's dad is like everything to him. There's not anything in the world that that, that he wouldn't do for his father. It just, it doesn't matter what it is. His dad is the most important person like in his life. And you just, you see it everywhere they go, everywhere they he does, never stops talking. Even when he's here training, talks to his dad two, three times a day. And the time change and the difference and everything, it's crazy. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to him. He's constantly making sure that his dad is part of his life every single day, two, three times a day, talking to him. Did you guys see that even Connor put a classic tweet? Yeah. Connor put out a very nice tweet, you know, saying, you know, prayers to to his dad and, you know, hope everything, you know, comes out okay. And it's like, there's nothing you can do. All you can do is say, hey, let's, let's pray. You know, everything ends up good and he makes it through this but i heard he's in a coma now i yeah. don't know if that's an induced coma or what but it's not good 
Well, I figured something was a little different or weird when they basically had extended the fight for Justin until September. And then today, Dana came out and put out a response basically saying about his dad was um, definitely not doing well. And then it more news leaked out. But, I mean, I, I think, honestly, my honest opinion is that he's going to take some time off. I don't think he's going to fight. I don't think he's going to fight in September. I don't think he's going to fight in October. I don't think he's going to fight in November. I think he's going to stay home. I've said this for said this for years. This is one of those things about him that family is so important to him that he does not care about the UFC. He does not care about money. Does not care about anything. He Come on, not care not care about money. He no. told the Nevada State Athletic Commission, "Keep my check." It was a three million dollar check. Go yeah. and keep it. <laughs> He does not care. You gotta love that. He does not care. And I, I I mean, like, he even would tell us, he was like, he's like, up until even when he got, I don't know if he still does now, but up until I think he fought for the title, he was still living with his mom and dad and his wife and his, and his kids too, still living with mom and dad. They have no desire to not be around each other. And I gotta just tell you, I, I think this opens and I'm not, I think it opens the door. For Justin Gaethje and Conor McGregor to fight for the title and the interim title until Khabib is ready to fight. And I think the UFC would be willing to let him continue to keep his title until he's ready to fight, given this circumstance, knowing that he is closer to his father than any other fighter has pretty much ever made. Sure, everyone's close to their father. They would, you know, they would love yeah. to be, you know, or they are, you know, and they're very important to them. But this is just, you, you've known from the very beginning, it's just different. And uh, it's... He just doesn't care. He doesn't care about anything else. His family to him is the most important. I can't stress enough. I could see this end up being a Tony, or not Tony, but a Justin Gaethje and a Connor fight now for the interim title to see who fights Khabib next later on down the road. Um, it is sad. It's it's ups- I, 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 My heart breaks for him because I know how close he is with his family. Yeah, it's a, I mean, all you can say is, hey, prayers, prayers to his family and yeah. I hope his dad makes it. It sucks. Yeah. Um, what else? Stop picking your nails, kid. Well, this is well, why I get on you about things. Look, I finally, through, over over a year. I, dude, as soon as you said picking, I'm going, no, yeah, don't tell him he's picking his nails. No, his, it's close <laughs> enough. His nails, he's probably digging out the stuff from picking his butt from his nails. Oh, <laughs> <It's>, man. <laughs> uh, um, go ahead. But, I don't even know what the fuck you were saying. <laughs> I asked you what was next. Hey, we, was next? hey, now now we've got podcast Dave, who's either high or drinking. Yeah, he's mumbling. flustered. He's flustered. He's over there mumbling. mumbling. Even when he speaks, it sounds like gibberish. The Scottish accent just ruins it all. Are you going to cover the Saturday's card? The Saturday's card. Okay, yeah. What's it? Talk to us. What's the Saturday's card? Um, so the Wall main... Harris, baby. Yep. Against Overeem. Oh, That's boy. the main event. Walt Harris has been I fighting thought... so well, but you got to look look at what he's coming off of, the loss of his stepdaughter, yes. Yes. and everything that happened there. Man, that's yeah. You know, he, that, it's either going to work for him, or somehow it's going to work against him. I honestly think it's going to work for him. I think he's got this thing where he believes she's with him now, yeah. and will will be there, and he's going to just have that extra cannot be stopped cannot quit and uh, he's got he's got purpose he's got something that he's always fighting for and that's to make her proud so i think Walt harris is just going to be uh, he's going to be a handful for everybody yeah 
Yeah, he's extremely talented. We just got to find out where his mindset is. Like, I yeah, mean, that's the real question. Yeah, you yeah. know he's got the talent. Yeah, you know he's got skill. He's fast. He's big. He's strong. He's technically really good. It's all up there. Yeah, how's it going to be? If that's going to be strong, man, he's he's going to be a beast. The uh, I mean, the other thing though too is I mean, how's Alistair after his last fight? How is he? You know, I, see the you know you look at his last fight. He fought well. Yeah. He fought really well. You know, it was, I mean, I'm not sure, but let's say the last 10 seconds when he got hit yeah. of the fight, you know, and he went on his ass. He did, but he was not out. No. And he was actually getting up because Rosenstruck was walking away and, you know, Mergulata stopped the fight and that's okay. He's, you know, he could do that based upon what he was seeing and, and, and the, that shot, but that fight could have actually continued on too because he was not out on you know and, and unable to control his body. So he fought a really good fight and he had won that fight all the way up to that point. Yeah, he was dominant. I felt like he was dominating the fight up until that point. Yeah. You know, I mean he fought a really smart fight. I just I think with knockouts like that, damage like that, I know Alistair's been around a long time. He's fought the who's who from kickboxing to MMA. So yeah, I mean, like everything. I, I just think it's got to be in your mind, man. It's got to be in your mind that you got you got knocked out. I mean, the Ngano, I mean, the knockouts now are the Ngano oh, knockout. They're, 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 they're piling, piling that, up. Dude, the Ngano that oh. knockout, dude, the toes were stiff and yeah. curled. Uh, that one was nasty. Yeah, I, I felt like I saw his soul. My cervical his spine hurts every time I watch it. Oh, man, and the back of his head hit the middle of his back. <laughs> it was it did, dude. I was like, what the f He did a standing scorpion off a punch. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you know, without the feet, man. It was crazy. Yeah. So that fight got moved to the main event because the man in US fell off, right? Yes. And then is Felicia Spencer still fighting? No, Felicia Spencer is gonna be fighting Amanda Nunez. That's right. Coming up. Got bumped. They rescheduled that. Wasn't that supposed to be the May twenty third card? Now I got back now I got bumped to June sixth. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, a lot of things. A lot of things going on. What's another fight on that card? Uh, Claudia Gadea is fighting Angela Hill. Ooh. Yep. Overkill Hill. If Claudia gets her down, I don't see it going very long. Yeah, that's the problem. Uh, yeah. The, the, in the stand-up, Angela is, is good. She's good. sharp. She's athletic. Yeah. She's a tough, tough fighter. And, and she's her takedown defense is way better. Yep. And her ability to get off of her butt or mm -hmm. off of the back using the cage is way better. It's just that Claudia is on the ground. She's got really good ground skills. I trained with her she's, for a while. Yeah, she's good. You know, I actually did a little role thing with her at the uh, old UFC center there that was there. And she's she's got skills. She's, you know, she's got good body position. She knows how to try to make herself heavy. And she's got good submission. So, obviously, in the stand-up, it's close. I would actually think that I'm, I would give the advantage to Angela. On the stand-up? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And when it, hits, when it hits the ground, I think Claudia has a bigger advantage if it hits the ground than Angela has in the stand-up. Yeah, Claudia is extremely strong. Extremely strong. I think her wrestling lacks a little bit, but she does power her way to takedowns. Top position, she's nasty good. Um when I train with her, she tried to rip my fucking knee and my ankle off a couple times. 
I swear. I was so mad at her. But she's she's gotten so much better also since then on her feet. So now she puts everything in the combinations together, mixed in with her wrestling. She's gotten a lot more confident with everything that she's doing. I definitely give the stand-up advantage to Angela Hill, but I give the power advantage on the stand-up to Claudia. Angela Hill's got the reach, the range, and the output, though, to keep, mm-hmm. if she can keep her away with that long push kick, those long jabs, those long combinations. If she can do that, she may have a chance of outpointing her you know, or catching her clean and maybe rocking her and maybe a TKO somewhere in there. I don't think yeah, so, I don't see though. That I don't see Have, it. You, know, you got to figure Claudia was twice with Joanna. Yeah. You know, and and the second one was fights. the second one was really really five close. rounds yeah five rounds and it was close five I had Claudia she, she had won the first couple yep yeah so yeah, I'm I'm definitely awesome. I mean I'm gonna always probably root for Claudia because I really I like her and train for train with her and stuff but uh, Angela Hill's gotten a lot better since she first started in the UFC she's also found who she is I think as a fighter in the beginning she didn't really know who she was. Am I a stand-up person? Am I? Is she trying to mix it yep. all up? Am I? Am I really light on my feet? Well, you, stick and move, or am you I? Know, she she went on that Ultimate Fighter show. She had one professional. Fight. That's crazy. Okay, she goes on that show, and then she starts fighting, and then they they released her. She became then she went to Invicta. She became the champion. Yeah, and then worked her way back into the UFC, and she's been there ever since. And she's fighting well now. Yep, she is. She really is. You know, uh, that makes for a very good fight, though. I think Claudia, I think Claudia's going to impose her will and get the win, but I think uh, it's going to make she's for a She's definitely fight. the favorite. Good fight. Yeah, it should be fun. Who else? Then there's Edison Barboza versus Dan. Oh, at 145. Would you get off of you porn, please, and just start focusing on what we're doing? <laughs> it's really killing me. What are you talking about? You're driving me crazy. Every time I ask you, hey, hey, what's next? So you have to like get out of four screens because you're on you. What is it? No. You porn or whatever it is. No. You're on that, and then now you come back and then okay, what's the fight? No, I was actually I was actually looking. At Angela Hill has uh, t-shirts on pro wrestling tees. And, oh, that's cool. Cool. And, can, can we get back to the cards, please? Well, the, yeah. <laughs> you're the one. That asked. Angela Hill has uh, shirts on pro wrestling tees. Okay, go ahead. What's next? Uh, I, I Barboza and Dan. I. Uh, Dan, how do you say his last name? Ige. Ige. Is it Ige? Ige. 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 I think it's Ige. Ige. He's fucking good. He is good. I trained with him at AKA recently because he came out for Khabib's last fight. And fuck, he's good. I trained with him at, at, um, oh gosh, who's the really good jujitsu guy? Um, uh, 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 He's in Vegas. There's a ton of them out there. Drysdale. Small little guy. Small little guy. Cabrino. Because he, oh, tra- he trains at Cabrino's place there. So I train with him there. Uh, Ali right, lives right down the street. So everyone went there to train there and uh, train, grapple with him and train with him a little bit there. Plus at Randy's place, screen, Extreme Couture. He's gotten so much better, though. So much better since I trained with him back then. And when I trained with him here at AK, I was like, God, you're like a totally different fighter. Positioning, confidence, everything. I'm like fucking strong as hell. Like so much better. And I've seen his fights recently and I'm like, you're you're on a terror, man. Whatever you're doing, keep doing, because phenomenal. But Barboza and the stand-up, Oof. dude, he's so technically good. But Barboza's stand-up is beautiful. But 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 if you put pressure on him, he fights yep. a kickboxing style and he backs down. We saw it with Justin Gaethje. He backs down with his hands out here a little bit. He's 
open. As long as you stay in the pocket and grill on him and stay out of the kicking range, you've got good, you have a good chance for success. In that dirty boxing range, that grinding range, you've got to be in that inside boxy, dirty boxing range, and knees, elbows, clinching, takedowns, whatever it is. He's not going to be easy to take down. We saw that with Khabib, even though he was able to manhandle him, get him down, he still had a hard time a couple times getting him down in that fight. And I see I see Dan having a hard time a couple times getting him down if he needs to try to get him down, which I think he's going to stay, press him to the fence, get dirty, get nasty. I think that's a style for him that leads for success. It's He's got to stay inside that boxing and kickboxing range and that dirty can't be in the kicking range. At he cannot all. be in the kickboxing range. No, he's got to be out He has of to be in a boxing range. If yep. he stays outside in a kickboxing range, he's going to get brutalized by the kicks barbosa sets his kicks up yeah. so well you know and you know you you watch a guy's feet for you know what kicks he's going to throw and how he's going to spin and barbosa is so tight in his footwork when he's going to spin on a kick or anything you look and you go god damn i didn't even yeah. see that thing set set up man that's crazy how good he is at it but that's a good fight that's going to be it's going to be interesting because barbosa was not a small lightweight yeah. I don't know how he's going to make that 145. I don't know either. That's the other thing. Is like You're going down to 45. Are you, you going to be the same in the, halfway through the second uh, round? He, uh, he might not. I, I, I mean, you, he also, to be honest, he was never like the most conditioned athlete. Like He looked like he carried too much muscle for his body. And as the fight went on, he looked like he cut a lot of weight. And as the fight went on, he slowed down. Yeah. Everything slowed down. Like he just, you could see. I I remember in certain fights where he kept he kept getting taken down with Khabib and some other guys were just pushing on them, pushing on him, and he, you could just see his eyes were glazed over, like he was just going through the motions, just pushing on the head, trying to get up, laid back down, just the the sense of just frustration. But I've seen it in plenty of guys that are so tired. That they're just going through the motions and they have that gloss look over their eyes of just, I'm just not here, but I'm here. You know what I mean? Like you've trained your body for so many years um, to do these moves in certain positions and you just continue to do them, but you're really not even there. Like you hear fighters tell it all the time, shit, after I got hit with that, that shot in the second round, I don't even know how I got to the 12th round and I won. It's because yep. it really is all just a haze. Your your body, you've trained it so much. You just it can go through the motions without you really even being there a whole lot. Oh, there, there have been plenty of fighters that you know, go in the back and said, "How did I lose that fight?" Yeah. What do you mean lose? You won. You won. I won. <laughs> How did I win? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's crazy. I, I I tell this story. I've told the story several times, but the Pat Healy fight, I. I won the first round, lost second round, and at the third round, Bob's like, you just cannot lose a takedown. And like a minute and a half in, I lost a takedown. And in my mind, I'm like, fuck it, just stay down. <laughs> I fucking seriously was like, fuck it, just stay down. But as I'm saying that to my myself in my head, my then hands, say, my hands posted. <laughs> I'm not saying anything. No, I'm actually still saying, no, it's okay. You'll be all right. Just if you lose on the ground, no big deal. He was bigger than you. And I was giving all these excuses in my head. He was bigger than you. That's he, the excuse you're going to go he with. He was huge. <laughs> it was so big. 190-something by the time we fought. He was enormous. Anyways, he puts his hand. I, I put my hand down on the ground. I just start getting back up. I'm like, 
bro, you're, I'm trying to talk myself into quitting right now. Let me quit. And fucking my body was just going. It's just one of those things you're, you've done it for so many years and so long. I think your, your body just goes in and your mind just needs to back it up. You know? Well, I, I had the two fights for Barbosa. I did, I did his fight against Tony Ferguson and I did his fight against Khabib. Nah. And, um, you know, in his fight against Khabib, Khabib put so much pressure on him. But and I thought he was gonna, you know, physically break from the pre never did. He kept yeah. coming out there trying. You know, and although you know at times you know he was getting taken back down and struggling to get himself back, never quit. In the Tony Ferguson fight, you could see him physically get exhausted. Yeah, to the point where then Tony locks up the Dars and you know he's done. But physically broke from the pressure and i think he learned from that fight and that's why he didn't break when he fought khabib yeah. so he's a he's a handful for anyone it's going to be interesting i'm not too sure about the weight cut the weight cut it seems to me he's a very he's a really big guy for 145 pounds to be able to make that weight i almost would like to have seen him go to 70 because the guys there Hello. If you put him against a guy like, I mean, I know, I know Colby's a great wrestler and, and I know so is Usman, but I'm saying if you put him against some of the guys that are there, whew, they just don't have the kickboxing level and not many Come on, do. Tell, me, tell me you wouldn't like to see Barbosa fight Masvidal. Oh, that'd, oh, be, that'd be good. Fight. Come on. Fucking nasty fight. Barbosa, <laughs> yeah, Masvidal. Awesome. Both uh, of them, technically. Yeah. Masvidal's stand-up is technically really sharp. I thought he's also, got a couple of things that he does really well. Yep. So I think him and Stephen Thompson would be a great fight. Barboza and Stephen Thompson. That would be fight. fantastic. I also wouldn't mind seeing the T Wood and, and Barboza fight. Because T Wood doesn't utilize his wrestling as much. Like he In that fight he would. Yeah, he, he would definitely <laughs> want to. He would definitely want to. You know, uh, but Barboza, his takedown defense is not bad. I mean, it didn't work against K uh, Khabib, but like, I just feel like if the guys are not continuous grinders like Colby and like Usman, like Bar uh, Woodley, T Woods, not really, he's not a grinder. He's someone that kind of sticks on that outside a little bit, uses his speed and his power. Sometimes they'll pressure the fence, but he's not that guy. And so Barboza and him would be make for a very interesting fight. Fuck him and Leon Edwards. Fuck, that, you know, I mean, I, I would give the nod to Leon because Leon's wrestling's gotten a lot better. His jiu-jitsu game's gotten a lot better, and he's putting things together a lot better. So that I would leave that lean to him. But anyways, um, I don't think there's – what else? What other fights are on that card? Um, Eric Sanders and Christoph Jocko. I don't, I don't know either of them. Uh, I don't either. Christoph Jocko is a tough, tough fighter, just a grinder, guy that just stands in there, tough dude. It's gonna be fun. Okay. Also, isn't Eric Anders on that card? Yeah, he's fighting Kristoff. Yeah, that's what I thought. Eric Anders is you know super athlete, comes from Alabama, you know, you know Alabama Crimson Tide football team. Oh. And he's uh, Eric is he's had some great performances, and then he's had some eh, not so great. You know, it was really he had that fight against Khalil Roundtree that second round he just got brutalized mm. it was a 10-7 round actually if you're looking at it but came back in the third round and was actually competitive in it even though he lost the fight but eric anders is just such a good athlete but him against uh christoph jotko that's a good fight that'll be interesting 
Jotko is he's good. He's good on the ground. Stand up, not not great, but tough. Yeah. So should be fun. Dave, would you like to get me? Would you would you like me to get you a tissue? Because you keep. Hey, the other thing I forgot about. Let's hear it. The, the opening fight, Michael Johnson against Moises. Yes. Did you see it? Yes, I did. Okay, Johnson, beautiful job in the first round. And so to the point that Moises come out. Yep. Scrambles for the, dives into his back. Who the frick told these people that's a heel hook? It was just a straight ankle lock, correct? Yes. Yes. <laughs> they, they called it a heel hook. I said, what, what, what is wrong with these people? Do they not understand what submission they're looking at? Uh, you know, there was moments. Straight ankle lock. That was it. There was moments where um, I felt like the, the commentary was a little bit behind tonight. <laughs> I, I'm That's why I turn it down. That's I'm why being, I turn it down. <laughs> I'm being honest, and, and nothing against all three of them. Three of them, I actually really enjoy listening to them. Um, previous fights, the this fight for some reason, I don't know if something was wrong with the telecast or like the view, like the actual, but it seemed like they would say, "Oh, like the shot would land," and then they would say, "Oh, beautiful right hand," but it was like two or three seconds later. So I don't know if something was off tonight as far as how they were filming or what was going on but it almost sounded like they were either ahead like like our vi like the 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 fight on the tv was a second or two ahead or behind something like that because they how would the say hell is a fight how was the hell the fight behind the, the I, broadcast <laughs> i don't i don't know something it was weird it would say like they would say oh great uppercut but the uppercut hadn't landed yet, and then the uppercut would happen. <laughs> now I don't know if that's the app, or I don't know if it, that's the it way. There was because there was I don't know what happened, but for some reason, like, oh, great uppercut! And I was like, they didn't throw an up; they threw a straight right. And then yeah. a second later, the uppercut came. It was a good uppercut. And I'm yeah. off. I was like, what the fuck's going on? And then later on, it was like, oh, he threw he threw a straight a straight right with a, like a little left hook or something like that. And they said, oh, they said like. I don't know, nice overhand right. I'm like, what What are you talking about? Like, And then the overhand right came right after that. I was like, this is so strange. So they were, they're preparing you for it. Yeah, See? there was, there was That's moments. That's how good they are. I, I am going to say this. I am going to say this. I'm going to recommend to Bellator um, when we do our shows that between rounds they play music because the other corner can hear the other corner's advice to their fighter. And they talked oh. about that a lot tonight. They need to make really? that adjustment because one now if I'm a corner and I know this is I'm going to have one of my corners just trying to listen, listen. to them and I'm going to have the other guy. I'm going to have my corners. So when they go back into the cage, okay, watch out for the push kick. Watch out for the takedown because you are hearing everything they're doing. You've got to have something in the middle. Why not play music? It's not bad. Do you have walkout entrance music? Bellator Minus usually does. What are you talking about? They usually do play music between runs. So does normally the UFC, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why they're not doing it now. I thought they do. Don't they normally play between rounds? I'm trying to I think. think they do. I know I have heard it. I don't know if yeah, it's all the time. I believe yeah. yeah, I don't know if it's all the time either. Anyways, but it makes it makes it makes sense. Play it play you know, between rounds and so then the corners can corner their fighters without other people having to hear. They had to they had to bring their because uh, they have a DJ that they bring yeah, because they, the they have the walkouts. Yeah, they have the yeah. walkouts. I don't know why they're not playing between rounds. They should, though. So then just my 
my two cents on how to maybe fix that and i'll make, make things fair yeah i'll make you're all you're all about fairness there josh that's a lie <laughs> that's you're not cheating you're not trying baby a lie. not it. cheating not trying um look we had a wonderful sunday saturday sunday monday thanks to you guys i want to tell you guys we outputted the coverage on viewerships uh for our videos if you guys have yes, so thank you yes it was amazing our viewership on gosh this guy our viewership for our t our top three videos. I mean, we're talking in the four hundred thousand view range. The only problem that I want to complain about is, hey guys, we're, we're not complaining. Four hundred. I'm complaining. Is no we complaint. we have four hundred thousand views? Hit the subscribe button, you guys. Thank you guys so much. Amazing. We're happy that you guys are following us. We're thankful for it. You guys are doing a wonderful job. Please share our videos. Hit the thumbs up on, on YouTube. Subscribe to SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, iTunes, all those as well. And um, I don't think there's really anything else for us to cover until Saturday. Guess what? We got until fights Saturday. again. Fights got again fights on again Saturday. Saturday. This is pretty nice. This is pretty yeah, nice. Not gonna... bad at all. I mean, it kind of makes sense to have them on Wednesday, just to be honest. I mean, there's nothing going on. Everyone's sitting at home doing nothing. Hey, did we talk about the fact that the UFC is inducting George St. Pierre oh, into we didn't. the Hall of Fame? We, we did not, did we? We are horrible human beings. So he's not coming Especially back. Especially you. So he's not coming <laughs> no. back then. Oh, come on. How many fighters do they have that are currently fighting that are in the... Just BJ, right? Thing? No. Diego Sanchez, you know, his fight was... Oh, his fight's in, but not, put he, in. Hasn't, he hasn't retired yet. I'm saying, like, he, no, he's not they, in, they, but his fight is. It's a, it, no, see, that's what's weird about it, because it should be it's the fight goes in. Yeah. But it's actually they, they take the two fighters. Whatever, okay. Yeah. However so they it's Diego it, and who? Gil? No, Clay Guida. Oh, okay, okay. I was like the Diego and Gil fight was. That really was a weird. great fight. Oh, that was a good fight. Wow, interesting. Yeah, I called that fight from the stands. They uh, they had a camera on me, and I called that fight from the stands. It was pretty fun. I was sitting right next to yeah. Roger Clemens, and uh, who's that rapper guy? Oh gosh, what was his name? Something Paul. You know who he is? Nah. Something Paul, who white cares? guy. He, white guy. He actually. Uh, oh, used Vanilla to, Ice. No, no. He used to manage um, Brooke Hogan. Hulk Hogan's daughter? Something, Paul. I think it was something, Paul. Anyways, so GSP <laughs> Not is a rap going. guy, huh? Not a rap guy, huh? Screw, screw the rap thing, man. <laughs> GSP, that's absolutely should have been done even beforehand. He deserves it more than anyone. I can't think of a better person. So congratulations to George St. Pierre. That is well-deserved. That's what I wanted to say. Most definitely. He is, uh, he's my number one on my Mount Rushmore. He's the yeah. number one. He's I, a good one. I can't think of another one right now that would compete with him. Not one person. Not well, one. Yeah, and, and this is the whole thing. Not only was his performances inside of the yeah. cage were incredible and always conducted himself like a true professional. Outside of the cage, he did the same thing. He represented the sport beautifully. So just... Absolutely deserves that honor, and I'm glad they're giving it to him. True, true story. I want to say it was true. when he beat um, Matt Hughes for the title. Okay, UFC that 65, six Sacramento. Yep, 65. We, were, we all we were all somehow we all ended up in a group going out somewhere, and from what I understand from the conversation I got between his manager at the time and whoever you know some of his friends that were there. It was the first time he had ever been drunk. 
And it was it was hilarious. <laughs> it was so funny because you could just tell that he was not used to it. Like he was, but even 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 in that situation, great guy, laughing, joking. Just I don't even know. I can't believe this. And it just it, very very excited about being a champion, but also very excited to be able to celebrate it with the people that he was with. And it was just it was it was awesome to see. Just you could tell. Even to this day, when I see him at you know events. He's always very nice, very uh, respectful to not just myself, but to everyone. And he's obviously one of the most, I think, loved guys in the sport, period. Um, yeah. You know, I definitely won't be one of those guys that's forgotten. I and mean, he's a phenomenal person and definitely a phenomenal fighter. So, yes, congratulations, George. Congratulations sure. on your induction into the UFC Hall of Fame. Absolutely. Uh, what else? All that's right. It. That's it, right? All right. Maybe we got to get tissue for podcast, Dave. <laughs> Everyone remember, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, <laughs> go to YouTube and subscribe. That's what we need. We need you to subscribe. Thank hit, you very much. Thank you, I guys. Hit the thumbs up. That shares our videos up. to everyone, and that gets our videos out. We uh, we love you guys. Subscribe, and we uh, appreciate it. We'll see you guys, I think, Saturday night. Are we going to do this again Saturday, Saturday night? Saturday night. Let's do another Saturday one. Saturday night. Here we go. I, I love Again, all the fights. Man, I get no sleep. This is horrible. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, my man. I'll talk to you later. Pleasure. All right, brother. Later.